You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, as you heard at the beginning of the program, the Child Evangelism Fellowship is my focus for today. And I have two uh, guys in the studio who know a great deal about the organisation. They both work for it in one way or another. Andrew works uh, full time for the organisation. And David, I think that you're on the board, aren't you? I'm on the board in Britain, yes, and I'm a volunteer. Absolutely. Well, of course, volunteers work the hardest, don't they? Although <laughs> Andrew would probably dispute that. Yes, he certainly would. <laughs> anyway, before we, we talk about CEF, let's talk about you guys first of all. Andrew, uh, when you open your mouth, people will know immediately wh- where you're from. But tell us, how did the whole faith journey start for you? How did you become a Christian? Okay, well, Blair, I just want to say it's a privilege to be here today. Thank you so much for allowing us to share about the ministry. Um, I was brought up in a Christian home. Um, you get by my accent. I'm from Northern Ireland. You're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> David, you're very welcome. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, I was brought up in a Christian home. I, I was taught the gospel from a very young age. Um, I knew my need of salvation, um, but I had never trusted in the Lord Jesus as my saviour. Um, then someone said to me one night after I got my driving test at 17 years of age. Triumph, triumph. <laughs> Did you get it first time? Um, yes, I got it first time. It was. <laughs> I had to do it three times. Oh, dear Blair, oh man. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, I got it first time, which was a great, uh, a great help for me at that time. <laughs> and um, a, a friend of mine said to me, Andrew, imagine you had an accident going home. Where would you spend eternity? And I knew the answer to that question. I knew that I wasn't ready to stand before God. Mm. And were you, I, fr- were you frightened by the fact that you weren't ready? Um, I don't know whether I was frightened. I was concerned. I was yeah. concerned. I just knew that um, God was a holy God. I knew I was sinful, and I knew that I needed to be right. And how old were you then? I was 17. Mm. I just turned 17, and um, I got my driving test. And so it's formative. I mean, really, you're still the very formative yeah, years, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I wrestled with it all night. So I can remember it very clearly, Blair. It was a, it was a Sunday night when my friend said to me. Asked um, you the awkward question. Yes, asked me the awkward question. And I wrestled with it all night. And the next morning I said to my sister, who was a Christian, I said, Pauline, I, I need to trust in the Lord. I need to deal, deal with my sin. And my sister just simply said, Andrew, you know what you need to do. Just bow before God and trust in him and say sorry for um, your sin and trust in him as your saviour. And I can remember doing that, Blair. I can remember (laughs) trusting. And I remember going up to my mum, who was standing at the the range, the cooker in the kitchen. Yeah. And I just said, Mum, I trusted in the Lord as my saviour this morning. And she looked round and the tears were flowing down her cheek because she was a praying mother. I was going to say that I'm sure that she'd been praying for you all those years. Oh, for Mum all was a great prayer. Both my parents were were praying people Mm. and uh, the tears flowed down her face in joy that I trusted in the Lord. And it wasn't long until I was put on a spot, actually, because I went into my work that morning and one of my work colleagues walked past me and he looked at me and he says, what's wrong, Andrew? And I said, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. And he walked back again and he says, no, there's something different about you this morning. You have a smile on your face today. Mm. And he kept on at me, what's wrong? And I eventually said to him, well, actually this morning 
I trusted, I asked the Lord Jesus to be my saviour and I mm. trusted in him to take away my sin. And he looked at me, Blair, and he said, that's the difference. This guy was not saved. Isn't, it's incredible, isn't it, how people do recognise things, things that sometimes you don't expect that yeah. they maybe would recognise. Yeah. Yeah. David, turning to you, now obviously we've talked before, and you have, I have asked you this question before, because David heads up the Bournemouth Bible Convention Week, amongst other things, but where did the whole journey begin for you? Well, like Andrew, I came from a Christian family, my mum and dad were believers, and um was taught from a very early age to have daily Bible readings. We would gather as a family in the morning before Dad went off to school where he taught. We'd sit down together, read the Word, we'd pray together. Uh, and we were going, at the time I was nine when I trusted Christ, it was at a Baptist church in Twickenham. And they had a decision Sunday, and the, the, it was all the teaching in the, in the in the classes before then were leading up to, are you ready? explaining the gospel, explaining the need that we have as sinners to repent and trust Christ. And so on that decision Sunday, my brother and I, Steve, um, accepted Christ as Savior, so we committed to follow him. But that was really the first step for me. I was discipled by the Crusaders Union when I would go to Bible classes um, week by week, and over the years have grown to understand more what it means to follow Christ. But I'm grateful to mum and dad who started that journey with me and uh, have wanted to pass that on to my children and for them to pass it on to their children in the days ahead. And I suppose with both of you coming to Christ when you were quite young, uh, and of course both of you from a Christian family, it would have been a good background to what you're now doing because you're very much working with children and their families mm. and so on. And I guess you understand what it was like. Although I understand society's moved on quite a bit and unfortunately maybe in the best way but at least you have that understanding does it help it it does and i was sharing with andrew when i i've been doing some research on my family's side both mum and dad's side that we discovered that a number of their forebears were involved in sunday school in in the churches going back um years so there's a sense in which oh that that's one of the reasons why maybe I'm particularly interested in children's ministry. I taught as a teacher in secondary school. My dad was a primary school teacher, so... It's in your blood. <laughs> it's, it's kind of in the blood in a way, but you still need to know that God is calling you and equipping you to do this. Andrew? Yeah. Um, as I get a little bit older, um, the more I look back, the more I appreciate the gospel upbringing that I had. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my parents were faithful. Um, mum and dad were both um, born again Christians involved in the church um, bringing us along faithfully to hear the gospel involved in Sunday school my my mum run a, a, a good news club in a, in a little mission hall mm-hmm. in, in our village and a youth club and we were involved in those and those things as I look back had a massive impact mm. on my life a massive impact and probably um, planted little seeds in in my life that God is now using. And I, su- uh, I suppose, I mean, I mentioned the, the current culture, you know, I mean, obviously when I was a boy in, in Presbyterian Church in Belfast, St. Andrew's yeah. Presbyterian Church. I didn't realise, Blair, you were from <laughs> Belfast. Did you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's my voice. Uh, 
Uh, yes, I, well, the, I went to Sunday school. There were 500 yeah. uh, young people in my Sunday school. We did the catechism, you know, what is man's chief end? Man's chief mm-hmm. end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I've always remembered uh, mm-hmm. all of that. But, of course, if I went to my home church today, uh, there wouldn't be anything like that number of children and families engaged and I suppose that it's a sad reflection on the way things have moved and not necessarily in in the right direction. Anyway, before we talk a little bit more about culture, let's talk about CEF. For people who have never heard of the organisation, Andrew, what is it? Well, CEF, in the name, describes the organisation as Child Evangelism Fellowship. Um, We are a fellowship of people that encircles the globe um, reaching out to the children and teaching them God's word. Um, of course, our our main goal is that um, God's name will be lifted and glorified and praised above everything else. And and how did the whole mission begin? Who had the idea? <laughs> Who had the idea? Well, way back many years ago, 1937 was the year, and there was a man in America called Jesse Irvin Overholzer, and Jesse was a pastor. But Jesse was taught as he was growing up that children couldn't be saved. Really? He was taught that? Yeah. In fact, at 12 years of age... What was the theology behind that? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But he was taught at uh, at 12 years of age, he asked his mum about trusting the Lord and his mother um, put him off that notion. That's very sad, isn't it? But at 60 years of age, then he was reading a quote of C.H. Spurgeon. Mm. And it simply said this, a child of five properly instructed in the scriptures can as much be regenerated or or saved, we'll, um, more modern languages saved, yes. can as much be regenerated as an adult. Well, of course, that's both your experience, isn't yeah, it? Because you too. both became Christians when you were quite young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Jesse Irvin Overholzer started to think about this and he says, well, I need to try this. I, I need to do something. And he tried in his church. And then he went out into the streets and he started to share the gospel with children. And children started to understand the gospel. And they started to turn to Christ. And God gave him a great vision of this group of people, volunteers, workers, laborers, going out and carrying out the Great Commission to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And he established the ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship way back in 1937. And he started to tour around America, um, going to cities, maybe where he knew no one. And through prayer, he started to reach out to these areas. And and God opened up doors and people got involved. And children started to be saved and the ministry started to grow and grow and grow. And um, from 1937 to now, there's many, many workers right around the world sharing the gospel. With and of children. course, you travel across Europe, don't you? Yes. Um, my wife, Beulah, and myself, we, at, at the moment, we are currently assistants to the area directors in Southwest Europe. So we work in the Southwest Europe um, part uh, um, of Europe. And um, yeah, we travel there and we um, encouraging workers encouraging people to share so how did you become involved when did you what was it that hooked you in the organisation <laughs> what got me into the organisation well we have to thank God for that ultimately but way back in 2010 and 2011 
we, Beulah and myself, we knew God was challenging us to do something different. My wife was a, a manager in a, in a doctor's surgery. And I had run my own business for 18 years and um, that, that had sort of moved on. And God was really challenging us. What, what are you going to do for me? Step out, do something. And we didn't know. And we had looked at different organizations, different Christian organizations, but nothing was really bringing us to a point where we would decide on following that. Did you have children yourselves? Yes, we have five children. So we're we're a good news club. You've got your own mission field there, (laughs) then, haven't you? (laughs) So we, yeah, we're really praying God show us. And I had attended a camp with my children, uh, uh, a camp in tents with my children, and the man there who whom I had got to know, he spoke to me and he says, you know, did you ever think about CEF? And you could go and train with them. At that time, the European headquarters was in Switzerland. And you could bring your children. And you spent three months there training to share the gospel with children. And um, summoned my wife over. And, you know, we were a little bit unsure. It was going to cost a lot of money. And we had a mortgage at home and all of these things. And family commitments. And family commitments, mm-hmm. yeah. And my wife was practice manager in a surgery. I was now working in a, in a job and with all of these things. But God really opened up that door through his word. Um, in fact, I was sharing this morning with some of the workers before we came here online. And you know, God told me, Andrew, go learn of me. <laughs> go and this came through his word it's like to boldly go yeah, where to, Andrew yeah, has never been before yeah, and uh, yeah, go learn of me and I covered my eyes and I'll go not back to to the classroom as it were back to school <laughs> no but uh, yeah um, God led us that road and step by step God never showed us anything more than the next step he wanted us to take and David of all the organisations that you could give your time to why this one? Well, we were introduced to it in um, 1997. So I was 50 then, and I'd never heard of CEF in all my 50 years before then. I'd known of Crusaders and other youth ministries, but um, we took our son to the European headquarters in Switzerland where he wanted to spend some months helping as a volunteer in uh, in maintenance and, and the work there. And when we uh, went into the door, uh, into the entrance, and we saw the regional director there, who's a guy called Roy Harrison, who passed away, is now with the Lord, and um, he was explaining to us just what CEF does and opened our eyes. And there was a big map of Europe on the far wall mm. with all the countries, all the 48 countries, with, with pictures of people working. And as, as we looked, we could see how effective it was in reaching even difficult countries in, in the European region. But Roy said to us, David, this is all around the world. As Andrew's already said this morning, it's in every region. And I think we met a British couple who were out there training on the three-month course. They came back to uh, uh, become CF workers. They came to train in our town in Reading, uh, doing a theological course. We got to know them, went to their commissioning service a year or two later, and was introduced to the leadership. And they invited me to join their board. And I just have looked back saying, I wished I'd known that 25 years before then, <laughs> uh, because yeah. I'm now involved in Europe and represent them on international ministries. And it's just a joy to see 
what God is doing around the world for reaching children with the gospel. Well, we're going to be talking a lot more about the specific work and some of the adventures that you've been having, some of the challenges, which, of course, all organizations have challenges. No doubt CEF is, is the same. But let's have your first piece of music, which comes from a lady called uh, Linda Corey, and it's for the kingdom. You just—I've got her album in my hand. She's a Northern Irish person, I guess. She is, that is correct. Uh, she, she must be incredibly talented then. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, so tell us about this song and, and this particular track that you've chosen. Why have you chosen it? Well, the track really uh, nails what CF is all about. It's for the extending the kingdom of God. We we've been called, commissioned by Christ, like the original disciples, to go out and preach the gospel to all the world. And this is for the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. And that's the title of the song. And Linda has presented this CD um, to us some years back, but it's it's great. It's sung by her, and listen to the words, and that will really tell you what the gospel is about. Linda Corey there and for uh, the Kingdom. She, of course, is from uh, Northern Ireland. We're hearing more uh, uh, music from uh, the, the Northern Irish stable as we go through the programme uh, today. Now, my focus is CEF, that's the Child Evangelism Fellowship, which you've already heard is operating in countries all over the world from uh, an amazing beginning in the United States of America with a gentleman who was 60 years old who was of the opinion that children could not come into faith with Christ uh, until, of course, uh, hearing Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, uh, changed his mind and not only changed his mind, but spurred him uh, to to take action. And and out of that very humble beginning has come a worldwide uh, organisation. Now, I think you both referred to training. Andrew, I think you were a bit apprehensive, you and Bewley, at the beginning, uh, about having to go back to school. And I think you went to Switzerland to do your training. Uh, what was it like? What, what, what did it entail? Yeah, so, yeah, for us initially going, it was a big challenge. So it was. Um, but um, what did it entail? Well, for us, it entailed packing up our car and five kids and and Yeah, so that, five, was, a, five that was scary. That was, yeah. 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 So obviously, you made the decision to, to, to yeah, go. Yeah. Well, we knew God was calling us yeah. um, to do this. So we had to commit to doing it. And we went and we knew it was going to be for 12 weeks. So the training we were going to do in, in Switzerland was called the Children's Ministry Leadership Course. And that was to prepare people for in, in going out and to reaching children, going into ministry and to teach them God's word and to evangelize the children um, wh- wherever God would eventually call you. And was it hands-on? I mean, it, I mean, obviously, I guess some of it would have been classroom-based in, in a group or whatever. Yeah. Did you then, were you then released onto kids? Yeah, yeah well, so mm. the 12 weeks consisted of, um, we done biblical basis, so we looked at 
why are we doing this? Is there a purpose? I mean, is does God teach us to to learn and then to go and to tell the children? So we looked at all the biblical bases of reaching children with the gospel, and the, the Bible is, or the, the ministry is, biblically based. Mm. Well, of course, Jesus told his disciples often, mm. he, because they were trying to keep children yeah. from him, yes, and he told them often, said, no, no, let, let, them, let them come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, even when we go to Matthew 18 and verse 14, the Lord Jesus declares himself, he's not willing that any of the little ones should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a, a message in that for us as God's people that the Lord's heart, <coughs> the Lord's heart himself is that the children won't perish. Mm-hmm. So what are we to do? We are to go into all the world to carry out the Great Commission, to, to teach God's word. And even in the Old Testament, God set out many times Teach the generations to come, Psalm 78. Teach the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And God was telling his people, you must do this. So reaching the children is a biblically based thing that we do. We just don't do it because we think it's something to be fun. And clearly the fact that you're now telling me so uh, so well, uh, uh, that stuck with you very much, the theology okay. of what of what you're doing, and the very sound theology yeah. that there is a call. Yeah. In fact, there's a call to preach the gospel to everyone, but mm-hmm. of course that includes children, yeah. not like, of course, uh, all those years ago yeah. where somebody was teaching that children didn't really matter. That's right. Well, I mean, as you say, the Lord Jesus himself took a little child and he set him in the middle of all of the disciples. Yeah, I bet you were a bit gobsmacked those disciples. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. I mean, um, of course, they were more interested about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And what did Jesus do? He took a child. Yes, and then, of course, he said that unless you receive the kingdom of God as a little child, you won't enter therein. You know, I'm a child, you know. I I always see see myself as a child. You're a child. Yes. (laughs) In God's terms, in God's eyes. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But, yeah, the Lord has a special heart for for the children, and that's what our training really um, taught us in the biblical basis. And then... We were taught how to teach the children. Method, yeah. Methods and, mm-hmm. and, and, and given tools on how, how to reach the children effectively with, with the gospel. And that was a big challenge, particularly for me, because I wasn't overly academic at school. I, I love working with my hands and yes. doing carpentry work. Uh, so it was a challenge for me. But I can remember only two weeks into the course and um, I, I had a doctrine lesson to write for children on the sealing of the Holy Spirit on the believer's life. <laughs> and I'm going, oh man, what, 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 does, how, that how do, how do, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, how do we do this? And we also had passages of scripture to memorize. And we had Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 to 14 to write down and to, to learn off by heart. And I was going, God, I can't do this. Your heart sunk. Yeah. But, of course, the fact that you're full-time for the organisation, you must have survived that. Yeah, well, the reason I survived it, Blair, I'm going to be really honest with you here, the reason why I survived it was because of God's word. Because before I left home to go and do the CMLC, God gave me a passage of scripture. Revelations chapter 3, verse 8. Behold, I've set before you an open door that no man can shut. For thou hast a little strength. Thou hast not denied my name. Thou hast kept my word. And that's the word that God had given me. It opened this door. And I can remember sitting at the end of those first two weeks. And I went up into my room and I sat down. 
and I complained to God. <laughs> and you I said, God, Andrew, did you? Yes, I did. Why, God? Why did you bring me here? And did he say, Andrew, where were you when I created the world? <laughs> yeah, more or less. And he took me back to his word. Mm. He said, Andrew, remember, I have set before you an open door that no one can shut. Mm. Even I couldn't do that. But isn't it strange how God often gives us a word which whenever, because all ministries and challenges go through challenges, you know, they go through difficult times and yeah. so on. But I guess you can always hold fast to those words that God has given you. And that's a fantastic word. Yeah. I've yeah. said before you an open door. That's an amazing yeah. verse. And, and clearly you've remembered it all these years. Yeah, I mean, I never forgot that verse mm-hmm. because God used that verse several times right through my training mm-hmm. and through the training God really showed us how he was equipping us and preparing us and he challenged us then at that time through the training to go out and to and to reach the children. So as part of the 12 week program yeah. was there contact with children then? Yes um, part of that time was um, holding a, a like a camp at the place we were training. So in Switzerland at that time where the European headquarters was, there was an American army base um, not very far away. And there used to be children there and they used to send their children to the, the, the camp centre where we were staying to do the training. And we held a camp ministry there for the children. It was a practical week of actually teaching the children and spending time with them, sharing God's word and activities uh, and interacting with them, all of the things that we had learned. So if you cast your mind back to that very first experience where you, having got over your theological (laughs) studies and doing your papers and so on, there you are face to face with children. Can you remember what that felt like? I was nervous, Blair. Mm -hmm. I was nervous. Yeah. Why were you nervous? Did you think you might fail? Yeah, well, the children might say, boring. Yeah, well, (laughs) probably the biggest um, thing that caused me to be nervous was the fact that we had a responsibility here to teach these children God's word, that they understood what God was saying to them in their lives. We were handling the living word of God. And God was now saying, Andrew, I want you to stand up and teach a lesson to these children. So and we have to be faithful. So up you get. <laughs> yeah. did, did you use any, any of the teaching tools, like flannel graph or well, any, any aids? Yeah, we, we were all taught to use flannel graph. So yes. we were, and we I were say taught, that because I used to love flannel graph yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. You know. And actually today, I know some people have started using it again. Mm. And children absolutely love it. Love it, it yeah. Because it's, it's, it's like new to them. It's, yeah, it's old to they us. They can stick the little characters on yeah, the sticky that's stuff. Right. <laughs> that's right. Well, um, yeah, well, we, we were, of course, we were using the tools. We were using the things we had taught mm-hmm. as we prepared our lesson. The illustrations, we were taught to use illustrations to the children um, as we taught God's word. I mean, whenever we were being taught to teach the Bible lesson, lesson we were taught to uh, weave in and out the central truth, the, the, the one focus that we were going to teach in that lesson. And um, we were taught to do that. And when you get up to teach the children at this, <laughs> at this pounding. camp, heart pounding, <laughs> you are, yes, we need to get the central truth and we need to be faithful here. We need to um, make illustrations work. And we were using PowerPoint at that time. And yeah, God just gave us the ability to do that. And it caused an excitement in us. Mm. I think over that time, God let a little spark in, in our hearts. And what reaction did you get from your first share with the children? 
Yeah, well, they listened, which was a brilliant start. Yes, and so they were attentive. Yes, they were attentive. They listened and they they took in um, what what you were saying. And, of course, that was tested because part of our training was that in every area that we were trained in, so if we were holding a, an hour-long meeting with the children, you had the singing. And that was part of your teaching. Did you, was it choruses? And choruses, yes. Yeah. Actions and yes, so and actions. Yes, yeah. children's courses. And yeah. We'll be hearing some of them, um, some of the children's courses that CF Ireland have prepared. Right. We'll be hearing them soon um, here today. And um, But we, we, we use those different things. And the Bible lesson was your main teaching block, your memory verse, and how to interact with the children. Um, and the quiz. So whenever you come to the quiz, the quiz was the time when the review was done, when you you asked the children questions on what based was on what you taught them, yes. yeah, and then that's when you realised how much they picked up and what they understood. Were there prizes, Andrew? Oh yes, there's always prizes. <laughs> we love to have prizes. <laughs> Now, David, before we play the next piece of music, now you haven't actually done the training, you, no. s- you said, but you're, you're teaching it. Well, we, we're sharing the resources mm-hmm. that we can help parents because one of the verses in Deuteronomy talks about how we should um, impress on our children uh, the truth of God's word. Um, in Deuteronomy 6, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today should be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. And we have two resources. One is called Love God Most, and the other one is Choose God's Ways. And these are resources to help parents teach their children uh, the gospel when there are opportunities at home. And presumably they they could be used by, say, Sunday school teachers or others, you know? Yes, Yes, they can. Um, And it's a a joy to to do that. You know, when Andrew was saying about teaching the, the children the Bible lesson, one of the things that impresses me about CEF workers is that when they apply that lesson to the children they don't know amongst in the in the children who are listening who is or maybe already saved and is trusting christ as savior and who hasn't but the workers will always apply that truth to the unsaved child the child who has yet to make a a profession of faith and to the children who are already following jesus applying it in a different way to help them grow in their faith and i think that's a really good an impressive uh, strategy that they apply the same central truth in the Bible lesson to children who don't yet know the Lord, hoping that they will, and to those who do, hoping to help them to be stronger in their faith. Well, let's have our next piece of music, or your next piece of music, which is Amazing God, and it's got CEF Ireland on it. So you're a music production company as well. Oh, yeah, well, we... Do you sing? um, Are you going to be bursting out in song before the end of the day? I don't think anyone would want to hear me singing. I think think the viewers would be turning off if, if, uh, or the listeners will be turning off if if I started to burst out on the song. Anyway, tell us about this song, Amazing God. Amazing God. So this song is about God's creation. And it simply says, when I look around me and I see the world you've made, and when we look out, we see the amazing hand of our amazing God in everything. He is such an amazing God. And this song really um, lifts up um, God and glorifies him for all that he has done and th- this song is part of a CD that CEF Ireland have produced Worship for the Family um, the, 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 
they liked Worship for the Family CD. I cut the name just went out of my mind there. Yes. They liked Worship for the Family CD. And it's available on all the, the downloading and streaming places so it can be got. And it's a really good song for mm. For families to worship together and mm. to to praise God, to listen to in the car or wherever they are, mm. to worship God, and this this song really lifts up our amazing God. When I look around me and I see the world you've made, every. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, my very special guests uh, today are Andrea and David. They are both very much involved with an organisation called CEF. That's the Child Evangelism Fellowship. And we've been hearing a lot about the work uh, that they do. Andrew, maybe we could pick up in terms of. I mean, obviously you're based in uh, you're based in Ireland, but you're travelling across uh, uh, Europe. Uh, tell us a little bit about about the methods that you, that did you. I mean, you've told us about the, the theology and so on, and obviously we've heard some of the music already, and we're going to be hearing it some more. But what what other events do you do? Okay, so in CF we have many events for children. We run many, many, many um, um, things. And we have many, even online, resources for children as well. So some of the things that we organise for children are what we call good news clubs. And it's really in the name. It's, it's yeah. a good news club. So it's a bit like a holiday club, is it? Yeah, a little bit like a holiday club, only it's it's held regularly, maybe every week or every other week, over a period of, uh, you know, over maybe a... a, a autumn term or a spring term when maybe children's at school and people can hold these in in community centres um, some people hold them in schools if a school becomes available maybe after school or at lunchtime um, and and these these run to share the good news about the Lord Jesus so do you train volunteers to run these, these yes. events yes we train volunteers to run these events um, some of our workers run them but really the goal of the worker is to build a team of people of volunteers around them working into an area to share the gospel and of course I think David you said to me that, that obviously children grow and they become teenagers they become adults I guess that many of them also get involved with, with all of this activity they do, and there's a program called Junior Youth Challenge, which is a program for Bible ministry to Christian teenagers, or teenagers, whether they're Christians or not, but it teaches them the truths. And that needs to be taught in a slightly different way, because they're older, a little bit more sophisticated, they love to do things. But really, the for those who are Christians in their teens, we would be encouraging them to think about volunteering and becoming CF workers of the future. Fantastic. Uh, now, you also run camps during the summer. So, obviously, we're just coming to the end of the summer, yeah. end of the season. Uh, do they run sort of July and, and August? Yes, run over the school holiday period. Yeah. Is, is when the camp. All the school holidays. Yes, over the school, yes, school mm-hmm. holiday period um, in the summer. In the summer, mostly. Yes, of course. Um, for the JYC, for the teenage group, sometimes they can be run maybe at a New Year's camp or, or um, an Easter camp or things like that there. But by and large, for children, the camps are run over the school ho- holiday period in, in the summer. 
And these are a great opportunity. So my wife and me, we've been involved in camps from we basically came into the ministry. And this is one of our favourite ministries that we have. And how old are your children now? Because you said oh. you're five. Are they, are they a bit older oh, now? Oh, they're a bit older now. But my uh, eldest is, is 25 and my youngest is 17. So they're, they're now helping. Some of them are helping now yeah. at camps. They came up through the camps sure. whenever we were, were running them. Mm-hmm. And now they are actually volunteering and they're, they're helping and they're getting involved. Which is a great encouragement to you and Beulah, oh, your wife. Oh, yeah, it's a brilliant yeah. encouragement. Uh, what about part? Partnership with with churches, is that a big part of what you do? Yes, that's a big part of what we do. So CEF, as an organisation, we do not build churches. We do not start churches as such. Sure, you partner with churches. We partner with Mm. churches. Our our, our aim there is to help the church. We are a parachurch organisation, so we're separate from the church, but we work into the church. Um, encouraging them, training them. We do lots of training with churches. Mm-hmm. There's many, many training programs that we can do to effectively help the churches mm-hmm. to effectively reach their children mm-hmm. and the children within their grasp to 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 train them to teach the gospel. So we, we one of the training methods is a, a TCE, Teaching Children Effectively 1 course. There's a Teaching Children Effectively 2 Teaching children effectively, one is training them how to evangelize the children, mm-hmm. giving them effective methods and tools, how to do that. Mm-hmm. Of course, one of the big challenges that many churches have these days, I mean, obviously you've got different churches. Some are bursting at the seams every Sunday, some sadly less so. Uh, but very oftentimes when you look around the average church, you see lots of grey hair, lots of, lots of older people, which is a good thing because mm. obviously we all need fellowship. Yes. But not so many young families, not so many children. Have you as an organisation considered ways in which you might bridge within the culture which, where there are so many families where the basic truths of the gospel that we've been talking about today really aren't known, they're not taught consequently. And not only that, but but church for many families isn't part of what they do. I mean, you and I, certainly whenever I was growing up in Northern Ireland, I mean, the day of rest for me was BB, Boys Brigade, Bible class, and then and then church, and then Sunday school in the afternoon, yeah. and then uh, evening service. And all of those events were packed to the gunnels, you know. That, sadly, in Ireland, in many cases, it would not be the same today. So these cultural challenges that we mentioned right at the beginning of the programme, I guess you're very aware of them. Mm. Oh, yes, there's many cultural challenges today as as we reach the children. Have you thought about, and are you able, positioned maybe to help churches that find themselves in that sort of position? Yeah, well, I mean, what we want to do is get alongside the church. So we do. And we use these methods and these tools. Uh, another program that we run, for instance, is a five-day club. Um, it could be a three-day club or a two-day club. But we partner with churches, uh, helping them to reach out into their community. Community, yes. And making the link with the church, not necessarily with the organization of CEF, but with the church. So we our, our, our plea to churches is to get alongside us and give volunteers from their churches to, to, to work along with us to reach out into their community, to those children who will never set their foot in through a church door, mm. but to go and reach them in their community. I remember, Blair, a few years ago, uh, my wife and I, we came over to Bridlington from, from Northern Ireland 
to to do five day clubs, hmm. and we partnered with a church in Bridlington, and we went into areas where the church had never went. Hmm. And we reached the children. I remember going into a housing estate and it was a, a, a nearly like a settled traveller's housing estate mm. and needy children. And I remember a lady saying to us, it's so good to see you coming in. No one cares about our children. No one wants to teach them. But we went in, we partnered with the church. They gave volunteers and we went in and we spent five days for one hour every day at the same time teaching them God's word getting them involved, letting them hold up the courses, teaching them memory verses, getting them to memorize scripture. Because, Blair, I remember some of the things I was taught when I was a child. Mm. A child's mind is like a sponge. Mm. And we want to teach them God's word when they are young. That even when they're older, they may trust in Christ Mm. if they don't do it Mm. um, as children. In fact, a man, uh, an organisation that's called the George Barna organisation, they they do research, so they do, and they have said, whatever a child believes by the age of 13 is is in most cases what he will die believing. And of course, there was that famous phrase, wasn't there? In fact, there was a television program, Give Me a Child Up to the Age of Seven, and I Will Give You the Man. Yes. And then they, they did it actually at, at 14, and I think they did it at 21 again. And sort of really what you're saying, Andrew, they proved that point that in those very important formative years, particularly the first seven years of a child's life, really are, are, are the, that's really what will shape them, you know. Yeah. 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 And, and I think this is the great urgency for mm. sharing the gospel in this world, in this culturally um, fallen world, if we say it like that. Is the urgency is to share the gospel with the children. We do want to miss this generation. Well, you're clearly not doing that because you're not there sat twiddling your thumbs, actually. And uh, But what do you, when you guys get to when you have your committee meetings, David, and so on, what are the things that occupy your agenda in terms of your vision and, and uh, you know, where you're at and, and where you're going and that sort of thing? Things that you're involved with. I, th- I think one of the key things at the moment is a verse in the, in the New Testament, uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 2, where we're asking the Lord of the harvest. Mm. The, the fields are white, ready for harvest, to, to send, send out workers, workers into yeah. the harvest fields. So we are looking to God to call men and women to work with child evangelism fellowship. And in Britain, we're seeing examples of that. In in the last few months, we've had people come to us from Wales and even Trinidad and Tobago who want to learn how to do this ministry. Um, so it's growing the ministry as much as we can. In Ireland, there are about 60 workers. In Britain, just to, just about 10 or 11 so is that, is, that the whole, is that the whole of Britain? In, the, in England, Scotland and Wales. Okay, yes, so there's, there's a big the, mission field it, there. It, it is a huge, there yeah. are 12 million children in Britain. And uh, for some reason, we don't really know why, it's never really been big in England, Scotland and Wales. But um, it, it, is, it is a project. And uh, at least we have people now in Scotland and Wales, as well as England, who are doing the best they can to help the churches grow their own children's ministry but also reach the children that they're not it's interesting with the volunteers because it is a challenge everywhere isn't it for all sorts of work but of course one of the organizations that we partner with here on the radio stations is the community action network during the covid they had two thousand volunteers this is 
just locally, just in Bournemouth, mm-hmm. Pool and Christchurch. Mm-hmm. 2,000 people came forward because obviously everybody was in the same boat. We were all isolating and doing Zoom <laughs> and other things and so on. And I guess it was the same in Ireland, yes. uh, and indeed not just in Ireland, but all over the world. But it does occurred to me that there are other organisations that have these wonderful contacts with people that can have a register of people who volunteer. So maybe one way forward would would be to explore with some of these other organisations that were working. The volunteers, of course, were helping in the inoculation centres and all sorts of things. But many of them are twiddling their thumbs and actually thinking, well, what's the next thing? So that may be one opportunity for for all of us, you know. Yeah, well, what I would say, Blair, is if there's people and they feel that this is something they could do and that God is leading them and guiding them, even if they want to come as and help just as volunteers to reach into their local community with their church, with their local church, we can organise training. Mm. Um, we, we are starting now in the next few weeks an, an online TCE1 where we're training people. That, that is as full to capacity. And we're training people to reach, uh, to volunteer or even maybe eventually to go into full-time mission work to reach the children with the gospel. And if there is people... Mm. And God has put it on their heart. I could do this. I could train. I see the children in my local area. Get in touch and we we, we will try and organise training for you, whether it's in person in your local church or online. Well, that introduces your next piece of music because it is nothing is impossible. And of course, although there will always be mountains of challenge in in life, uh, that that with God nothing is impossible. But why why have you chosen this one? Again, it's CEF of Ireland, Andrew. Yeah, that's right. It's CEF of Ireland again. Nothing is impossible. Nothing's impossible with God. Mm. If, we, if we give our lives and we trust in God and on his word, nothing's impossible. Mm. What did God say? All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go into all mm. the world and preach, preach the gospel. And um, this, this is actually a mission-focused song. And this is a song we teach the children. I was thinking when you said about when you came to England and you went into that estate, you went into the estate, actually. And it was only then, of course, that you saw the fruit of both you and Bewley going going there. And, of yeah. course, as you rightly said, the people were very thankful to yeah. you for coming. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a... It's a very scary thing going into yes. some housing estates. I'm sure it <laughs> and is. Some people don't like you being there. They might there. not come out. <laughs> yeah, they might not come out, and that happens. But it's it's uh, some people can come out, and you can get problems and difficulty. But if you do it trusting in God, nothing's impossible, and the children can hear the gospel.
listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, now, if you're listening to the programme this morning and you've been hearing me talking to Andrew McMullen and David Cook about the CEF, the Children's Evangelism Fellowship, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, that's something that I would quite like to be involved with. Well, uh, if that is the case, Andrew, what can they do? Well, if that's the case, we will be delighted to talk to someone who would love to be involved or would consider um, being trained. And the best thing really for them to do is to go on to the CEF Britain website. So cefbritain.org. Yeah, go on to their website and um, there you will find contact details, email addresses and get in touch with us and share with us what you think you could be involved in or what you would like to do. And David was just saying to me off air that there are, was it 12 million children in the United yes, Kingdom? More than. I mean, so it's a big, big mission field, isn't yeah. it? And of course, uh, you know, if you're a grandparent, well, of course, it's your grandchildren, isn't it? I have seven of them, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I have four children, but like your kids, they are a bit older now. Yes. Uh, but I guess that you know, we, all, we all are uh, very much concerned and want our children to hear the gospel and so on and uh, and I, but I guess many people just don't know what to do how to pray who to go to to get some help so CEF can help you yes CEF can help we have many materials that can help and help the children help your church help people just to teach the gospel um, and there's a vast amount of materials you get access through the CEF Britain website there's also an online um Website where you can actually download some materials for free, and it's teachkids.eu. That's teachkids.eu, and you can go on there and you can pick your language. So it's in many different languages, yes. and you can download well, materials that are available there. Well, David has flooded the studio with with all these amazing uh, resources. One of the things that I'm looking at, of course, is this little color. Car. What did you call it again, David? The wordless book. The word, the wordless book, and of course, it's just colours: black, and then there's red, and then there's gold, and there's green and white. But of course, this is used to, to very simply tell the gospel story. So, go on, David. Go on, give, give us a well, little. Well, Charles Spurgeon first introduced the wordless book. It, it became a popular tool in the 19th century. Mm. Um, but it has five colours. So the gold reminds us of heaven, which is an example the of... streets of gold. The streets yeah. of gold. And, and it reminds us that Jesus is preparing a place for those who trust him mm-hmm. to be with him in heaven. The dark page reminds us of sin, because we've all sinned, the Bible teaches, yeah. and we all fall short. We can't get to heaven without our sins being dealt with. And then the red page reminds us of the blood of Jesus. Jesus came to earth to take the punishment for our sins, by dying on the cross. So his blood is the means by which we can have our sins forgiven. And that leads us to the clean page or the white page, reminding us that we can be made. Though your sins are red as scarlet, they shall be as white as as snow. snow. (laughs) By believing in Jesus, we have the right to be called the children of God. And then the green page says, well, when we believe in Jesus, we can have a relationship with him and grow and mature in our faith. It's fantastic. Simple little tool, but actually you can see how this can be very effectively used in in the sharing of the gospel. And we saw that tool being used when Lorraine and I were at the All Africa Conference in June by a lady called Lydia who taught uh, African children in Botswana, 
using the wordless book she taught them the truths of the gospel just out in the open air they asked questions she asked questions and they were it was a good example of how a simple tool is used but in countries of the world where Christianity is forbidden, then it's a wordless book, which is a tool that the children can share the gospel with their peers, mm. because written tracts would not be allowed. But a wordless book is only colours, and it's for the children then to explain to their friends what those colours mean, which is the gospel, as I've just explained. Now, as well as that, you've, you've got a whole range of, of resources right in front of you. So these are resources, if you're in a local church or an organisation reaching out to children, young people, these resources would be really helpful. So just tell us some of them, David. Well, we have um, the, the flashcards, which every year when we, we, uh, we publish a new flashcard for a Christmas party club, that tells the gospel, but it tells the reason for the, the birth of Jesus to uh, the children who are listening. There are other Bible uh, flashcard lessons, a different series, the bigger picture. But as well as teaching materials, we publish uh, devotional materials for children. So the basic one is something called Every Day with God, which is a 30-day undated uh, d- devotions. With, so this uh, could be used by families then? It, it can be. One of my granddaughters has been using that. She's There are six books in the series and that series takes children through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, just dipping into the various truths as the Bible story is unfolded. And then for children who've done that, there's a, a next book which they can uh, uh, use called The Wonder Devotional Book. And that book is a six-book series with 60 readings in each book, taking them through some of the truths, the, 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 the doctrines of the faith. What, who is God? What did Jesus do? Uh, salvation uh, and so on. So that's more of a doctrinal one. But for those children who are maturing, that's more meaty Bible teaching than the basic ones in the Everyday with God series. Hmm. I mean, I'm just looking at some of this material, and it's very interactive, isn't it? Particularly the ones for the younger ones. Yes. And uh, and I, I guess that you get feedback from children who are using these. Do they? Do they? I imagine they love it because it's all word searches and all sorts. Yes, there is a lot of feedback comes, and that's why they're designed that way because we mm-hmm. listen to the feedback, and then the material is designed. It has to be interactive in this day and age oh, and because, fun and yeah, fun, and fun as, yes. as well and through that the, the children are learning and learning to spend time with God of course this is for Christian children of to grow yeah, to grow in their faith to and walk. do you have something for children who wouldn't necessarily come from a Christian background just in help I mean obviously the little the little card that we talked the colour card that we just talked about in a moment or two you could use that with children who had no no knowledge of God at all. Um, well, we, we have other booklets called Meet the King, which is basically the, the, the describing the person of Jesus from his birth to his death to his crucifixion, ascension, and ultimate return. So that explains in a pictorial way with some simple words for children. Uh, we have a, a booklet called Do You Wonder Why, where uh, children who are struggling with difficult events, whether it's death in the family or like the war in Ukraine, how could God allow these things to happen? Why do bad things happen in our world today? And how can I get through this terrible time? So those key questions which children are asking, 
whether they're Christian children or, or unsaved children, uh, that booklet provides some answers and points them to the truth of the gospel. And of course, looking at the, all this material, unfortunately, folks, you can't see it because this is all we could do with a camera in the studio. <laughs> we'll have to sort that out. But these these uh, resources are very, very well produced, very colourful, and of course, they're very meaty as well. Yeah, and they're all available on the CF Britain website, so that you could download and, and, and look at them and see what they're like. And then if you want us to send you copies of them for free, we will be very happy to do that. And in terms of cost, are they, are they reasonable? Well, we just invite donations. We don't charge for don't. the materials. Some, the, the flashcards do have a cost, but sure. other materials we're happy to provide and just invite uh, donors to, mm-hmm. to pay, to contribute mm-hmm. towards the cost. But I suppose that where this all starts is having the heart for children. I mean, one of the things that's very evident with you, Andrew, is your passion, which has come over our programme. <laughs> but I guess we all need to have passion. Uh, I guess it can start, though, with our own family with our own kids uh, and then our, our grandchildren if we're that wee bit older and so on but, but uh, do you find that many of your volunteers become volunteers with you because they have this increasing heart that they really somehow feel and, and, and almost feel compelled to do something to reach children yeah I mean a, a lot of young people that um, are now involved in the mission have came up through maybe started in Good News Club went to JYC Junior Youth Challenge went to SYC Senior Youth Challenge and became as became volunteers Mm. and through what they have learned themselves they see the need for the next generation to hear and they they get involved they get the heart for sharing the gospel and we we also have a training course in Ireland for, for young people the Summer Outreach Training Course. It's a week long and it prepares young people to to travel out and to go and share the gospel over the summer months and even to go on momentum teams, travel overseas um, to share the gospel with children in other countries and to work alongside other CEF teams in other countries. So th- there's, there's lots of things and the young people really get a vision and a passion for sharing that. And we just simply teach them how to stand up and to teach lessons or the memory verse or courses or how to lead a child to Christ so important and of course behind that are years of experience how long have you been at it now Andrew? Well I came into CF in 2012 so I'm fairly young at it yet Um, (laughs) but I mean there's people has been in this ministry for years but of course you've both both you and David have seen this work in action you've seen it overseas David and and of course you're you're seeing it right across Europe Andrew as you as you you travel so it's you're seeing it as being effective yeah oh it's effective I mean Whenever we think of, we were talking about volunteers. Last year, right around the world, we trained 439,000 volunteers. That's incredible. To go. And and we reached nearly 20 million children. And the volunteers themselves must be greatly encouraged, you know, because in a way, right at the beginning of the program, when I asked you about your first experience following your 12-week training, you said you were scared stiff, heart was pounding. Uh, And of course, a lot of water onto the bridge since then. But have you ever thought about how many children that you've been in contact with since you first started training, it must be quite a number. Yeah, we still have quite a number. Um, mm. Quite a number of children that we first had contact with are still coming to camp. 
Mm. Uh, and we keep contact that way. And um, because my role has changed a little bit from a local worker to working in Europe, I don't see the children just as much. But I, I, I could tell you a, a short story oh, about one, one young man. <laughs> um, we, we, whenever we went to work in the county in Ireland that we were working in, our very first year we went to do five day clubs, just going out into the housing estates. And we met two young boys there and they came along. I think they really came for the sweets because we had sweets <laughs> and they saw that. <laughs> but we taught them God's word. Hmm. we done what God had told us to do humbly. Mm. and just shared the gospel in the best way that we could. And those two boys kept coming every year. Then they came to camp. And then they came to our youth program. And then they started to help. One of them just started to help at camp. And I think it was last year or the year before we were sitting around a campfire. And that young man testified to how he trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as his saviour. And that's what drives us. Absolutely. And of course, that then becomes multiplied yes. by experience after after yeah. experience. Yeah. Okay. Of course, when God touches you, Nick's song is Mission Possible. And uh, we said nothing is impossible. Uh, of course, mission is possible. All things are possible mm. with God. But obviously, as David reminded us, that, that God needs people to go into the mission field. Mm, yes. But of course, we don't go into that mission field alone in any way and if we love kids then the heart of God must be passionate about kids yeah no we don't we we should never go into the mission field alone Um, I would encourage anyone who's thinking of and getting involved in mission work see what God wants them to do and then step out we have to step out with God if we go on our own we will we will fall most certainly will when Beulah and I stepped out we stepped out with God. It wasn't long until we faced trials and difficulties and discouragements. But because we had God's word and we stepped out with him, we went in and we done a work for God. That He, God done the work. We were just the laborers. Mm. And we reached children with the gospel. And mm. God made that possible for us to, mm. to do. So shall we have a listen to this track then? This is uh, Mission Possible. Can we talk about what it means to be a seer? You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, I don't know about you, but I've been pretty riveted uh, today uh, hearing about the fantastic work of CEF, the Child Evangelism Fellowship. And uh, I mean, if you could just be with me in the studio and see the the amazing array of resources that David and Andrew have brought. It's just incredible. And can I just say that if you want to check those resources out, if you check out the cefbritain.org website, that's cefbritain.org, or you can go to Teach Kids, uh, Teach Kids, is it? Or Teach, teach Kids. kids. Teachkids.eu. What you'll find on both of those websites are a huge amount of resources, which, of course, you can begin to be using uh, wherever you are. Uh, and, of course, you can maybe want to sign up to one of those courses or perhaps even invite some of the team to come and mm-hmm. run a course, uh, you know, uh, in your area. Andrew, obviously, clearly you you had the calling and so on. There may well be people listening to the programme who have a feel that they have a calling, they have a sense of God saying, you know what, 
I would like you to be involved with kids' work. What, what, what does it actually mean to people who maybe are, are having that promise? Okay, well, I can only share from my experience, Blair. I mean, uh, well, number it's a challenging thing to feel God calling you, but we must trust in his word and we must be in his word. Um, when God called us, he showed us that through his word. And if, if there's someone there and they see through his word that God is calling them, well, they must act because uh, uh, one of the most foolish things we can do is not to listen to God's word mm-hmm. because obviously God wants, somebody, wants people to go and to share the gospel and we must listen to God's word. That is the first thing. So if God is calling you, and he showed you through his word, you must listen. Because ministry can be difficult and you will need that word as we have already said. But in CEF, we, if, if you came and you said to us, listen, God is calling me to this mission. Well, we will train you. We will equip you. And then we will support you. That's part of Beulah and my role at my role at the moment. So people are never alone. No, they should never be alone. And um, God has shown that to us over this past couple of years, as we have started into this new role, that we need to get behind our workers. And someone once said to me, Andrew, look after the workers, and the work will look after itself. It's very important we look after our workers. Of course, that is one of our culture points. In, in CEF is the is the spiritual welfare of our workers to make sure number one that they are spiritually okay that they're walking with God that they are they, they know where God's leading them and they are um, being led by God's word and then physically and mentally and emotionally just being alongside them helping them of course many people you know do feel a sense of calling but i guess for, equally for many people they don't quite know where to start <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, in a way you saw that gentleman all those years ago who talked to you about yeah. in this case about the ministry of cef yeah but if, if there was somebody listening and they, they do want to be involved with christian service christian work of some kind what sort of tips can you give them? Because obviously mm-hmm. you, you you put your faith in God mm-hmm. and I think you made it clear it was scary at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was scary at the time. What I would simply encourage you to do is you seek God by prayer. Prayer is our greatest tool that we have. Seek God by prayer and keep just reading his word and God will show you exactly what he wants you to do. When he was telling Beulah and myself to go and work in a, in a county in the Republic of Ireland, he simply showed us through the life of Joshua to cross the river, hmm. take this step. And where, where I live and where the county we were going to work, the, the border or the, the boundary, there was a river followed that boundary. And we simply had to take this step across the river and to follow God's will. And if you, if, if you feel a sense of God calling on your life, seek him in prayer. Read his word. And when God shows you that, write it down. Because we're human, we can forget. Write it down so that you can share it with us. Well, also, like you wrote down, I've said before, you're an open door, uh, which is the scripture that Mm. God gave you right at the start of your own adventure, if you like. Uh, You've never forgotten that. Of course, God is very good at giving us these very specific words. 
Yes, he is very good. God mm. never leaves us without his word. But it's it always there. It is a big step of faith, though. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, the of faith. Sca- that's where the scary bit comes, yes. isn't it? And, and I think people should test that step of faith by discussing it with their church leaders. Mm. A conversation. If you feel that God is calling you, then a conversation with your minister, your pastor, your elders is part of, is this God speaking to me or is it just my imagination? Mm. And they will know your ministry in the church if you're helping out with children's ministry, whether this becomes then a full-time calling for you. Um, they can pray with you, discuss with you, and help you. And then if that is the right step, then we believe as CF is a faith mission. So for those whom God calls, he equips, and then they will not lack his resources, but they still need to trust him for uh, supporters to pray for them, supporters to give to their ministry, so that when they are going for training, which is expensive, they need people to get alongside them and pray through that time with them and help them to cover the costs. But we know that there are many testimonies, many stories of God surprising us with, you've trusted me, and checks have come to the post or their donations have been made online, and at just the right time, what they need is available to them. Well, you can never outgive God, can you? And, <laughs> and equally, when you, when you don't have anything at all, then if God's truly calling you, then he's going to equip and supply, of course. Yeah, well, Blair, David reminded me of a quote earlier from Hudson Taylor. God's work done in God's way will never let God supply. Mm. Very good words. Let's mm. play. This is a very short ex- uh, song called Have You Heard? Mm. You were quite keen that we played this one, were you? This, this is one that we teach the children. They love to sing it. And we were doing a training course in Bournemouth a few years ago where one of our missionaries from Korea in CF, she got me up front doing the actions with her. And I'm reluctant at my age to do actions, but we really enjoy well, doing them 21, together. You're 21, David, aren't you? Is it 21? <laughs> but have you heard the wonderful news? It's, it's, a, it's a cracking song for the children and the adults can join in as well. Well, maybe you want to sing along with it. <laughs> That's a catchy little number there, chorus that the children very often will sing. Well, it's been a joy to have both Andrew and David sharing the work about CEF. And and just a reminder that do check out those amazing resources at cefbritain.org and also uh, teachkids.eu and you'll be amazed at the resources there. Obviously, there'll also be contact details about how you can contact Andrew if you're wanting to have one of those training courses or indeed David because people would come to your church and, and do a little training for you depending on, on what the needs uh, needs are but of course you've got some plans in terms of future promotion haven't you we do I, in Britain CF is not well known most of the pastors that we speak to don't know much about it so we have produced a little booklet which just describes what CF ministry is because we know the church is God's plan A and our aim is to help the church grow and reach the children that they're not reaching. So to get that message out, we're going to have, we've been having conversations with a, um, a, a retired um, Moorlands College vice principal, Colin Bennett. Oh, yes. And uh, we, we trust that Colin will be able to help us with his network to share the message 
of CEF's ministry with pastors and other contacts going forward. And then even more, we'll be praying for God to provide more workers so that as the need is better known, there'll be people to, uh, to uh, share the ministry. So how many years, David, have you been with CEF now as a volunteer? Since 1999, so that's 24 years. So what's been the real highlights during those 24 years for you? Oh, so many. Because you travel with So, so many. I mean, the recent highlight was traveling to the headquarters in the United States and seeing the new president, uh, Jeremiah Cho, just share his vision and see how he's, he's been a president for one year, just to see how God is using him. He's currently in Korea and uh, sharing the needs of CEF and meeting supporters, prayer supporters and donors. And it was a joy to see him come through the selection process to be God's man for the next stage of CEF's ministry globally. Our, his, his vision is to reach 100 million children in a few so, years' so time. So quite small then. <laughs> and it, is, it is a scary vision because that means the organisations have to step up in a much bigger way to resource uh, those people and, that, and that, that goal. But it's exciting. And we know that with God it is possible. Absolutely. We've played the song. And Andrew, for yourself, I mean, obviously now you, you're working across mainly Europe. Um, what, what's on your agenda you know, in, the, in the immediate future and, and, and in terms of the way you see things going? Okay, immediate future. Um, so we, yeah, Bill and I do quite a bit of travel to different countries, just getting alongside the workers and, and sharing with them and, and just taking that culture point, you know, looking after our workers very serious because we need to look after the people who's already there. But we have a greater vision. There is 48 0.6 million children in southwest Europe mm. in the area just southwest Europe mm. in the area and we would love to see people stepping up to go and share the gospel with mm. them that's our vision and it, is that beginning to happen I mean have you noticed any sort of change any sort of movement because obviously COVID I mean we referred to it earlier on and it did have a very devastating effect, mm. effect right across the world who would have thought that the whole world would have been pretty much locked Lockdown, but it has done something to people. I guess at worst, there's fear, uh, but of course we know that God doesn't trade in fear, uh, and, uh, and 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 of course you know if we're concerned about those 48 million or, or the, the 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 millions here in the United Kingdom, then God is equally more concerned. I guess. Do you live in expectancy of what next, God? Yeah, I mean because um, God has promised us that He wants these children. Mm reach it's his heart yes. and we have to believe that that God wants us to go and tell him that was the great commission to the world to go into all the world and preach the gospel of course it's the God factor isn't it I mean I always tell people that when you think of the couple of million people who came out of Egypt and people think oh that was old Moses you know and, and then helped by Aaron and then Joshua and so on uh, but of course when you read all these biblical characters whether it be Gideon or Daniel or whatever of course they didn't really do any of the spectacular stuff it was all God wasn't it and uh, God used ordinary people people uh, and, and blur god's the same god yeah. he yeah. hasn't changed absolutely same yesterday today, today and forever and f and forever yeah so and are you going back to ireland today then yes i fly back to ireland tonight so is is ireland your your base andrew yes ireland is where i i work from um, we have a cf european office in romania that's our head office but we live and we travel and we work from 
from from from Ireland in the southwest Europe. And and I guess really, are you invited into countries, or do you or do you have a sort of like a, a planned approach? We'll go to Romania now, and then we we'll go to India, or well, because we can go to India. No. <laughs> um, yeah, we try to plan a little bit ahead. So we've been involved in some board meetings and workers' meetings, which are already pre-planned, and we we book the flights for those and get them ready, uh, or go go and meet those people and and. And, and see how we can help and mm. be involved in those countries. Well, let me give you those, uh, those email addresses. I keep pushing these reasons yeah, because I'm true. very enthusiastic that you do go. I'm also quite selfish, actually, because some of my questions today have been selfishly asked because, uh, you know, I'm very much involved with the Manual Church over in Southbourne. And, uh, and we've been having a conversation about the fact that we, we are an, an older group con- congregation growing some fantastic people but the church has a passion for reaching out to older to younger families younger and certainly to children so you've encouraged me today and you give me lots of things that I can share uh, you know with uh, with our leaders uh, as well that's great now if you want to check out the 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 information then it's cefbritain.org cefbritain.org or teachkids.org EU. Both yeah. of those will take you to the most amazing resources. Now, we've been talking today specifically about children. As we bring this program uh, to an end, my big thanks to, to you, Andrew, and to you, David. And I'm sure don't be any strangers to Hope FM. Uh, of course, this can be heard right across the world. So, uh, so, and we'll give you a copy of it as well so you, good, good. So you can share. But of course, uh, no matter what age you are, people need the Lord. This is Steve Green singing the track. You have a fantastic day, God-filled day, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Bye-bye.